0: Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand.
1: And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe.
0: Joining us today is a very special guest... Tell the listeners who you are, special guest. Hello, everybody. My name is Louis Perlman.
2: I'm a regular contributor for Tough Pigs, and uh, I also am a freelance comedian and writer, and uh, uh, you can check out my other podcasts uh, on any podcatcher you want. Uh, They are called Kick the Jukebox and XOXO Riverdale, and if you look them up, you'll figure out what they're about.
1: Sure. I would say the title, XOXO Riverdale, gives you a little hint.
2: Yeah, it's a show about supernatural. It's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are thrilled to have you on the show today, Louis. Oh, thank you.
1: Thanks for being Uh, here.
0: And uh, we today are looking at minutes 71 and 72 of the Muppet movie. We begin in the middle of I'm going to go back there someday. And then we get cut off right before the song ends at the final I'm going to go back. And that's where we going to go back. Where? We don't know. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah, we don't know. Where and when? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Facial and temporal mystery. (laughs) Um, So let's just... uh, Ryan and I talked about the song a little bit last week. Um, So, Louis, I'll start with you. In general, how do you feel about I'm going to go back there someday?
2: Well, Anthony, that's a huge question and one that I have prepared to answer because I knew I was going on this podcast, but nonetheless, uh, I think that this song actually is by far the best song in the film, and really gets overshadowed by the much more popular Rainbow Connection.
0: I think but, that's a valid opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I, th- I think that this song uh, is is brilliant and perhaps one of the most underrated songs of the 20th century. Mm. Uh, there is something a- about it that speaks very directly to the, the human condition and is about the feelings that we all feel that we're isolated and that maybe our, our home is not really our, the, the, you know, the, where we come from isn't actually where, where we're from. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does yeah, go- it, something that's interesting to me is that he's talking about going back there, but there's also a line where he says he's never been there.
2: That's correct. That's correct. Right. Uh, you know, this sort of return to like the the mother that we're all like constantly searching for in our lives, you know? Um, right. And uh, and then the, the other flip side of it is, I think that this is so brilliant, is that it's Gonzo singing so much about his singularity and his isolation. But he's also singing about how he's doing it all together with his friends. And, and that's so, so beautiful, you know?
0: Right. Come and go with me. It's more fun to share.
2: That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's not about, it's, it's not about a singular journey. It's about him doing it along with everybody, you know, Uh, despite the fact that these feelings are singular and, and his own. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, really as a, as a match of music and lyrics, it's just a, gorgeous collaboration between Paul Williams and Kenny Asher. Like it's, it's so uh, wistful and and longing musically and it fits so well lyrically with the music and, and is nice and folksy and and the arrangements fairly timeless. Some of the other songs in the movie sound very much like they're from the seventies, which I don't mind. That's not a criticism, but this song I, I feel actually with its, you know harmonica arrangement like harmonica uh guitar you know um arrangement could have been released you know on a folk record in the 50s or 60s or you know yesterday it's it's just got it's just got one of those nice simplistic arrangements that really lends itself to being so so beautiful and so timeless
1: yeah, I was really noticing the arrangement uh, this time watching this clip a couple times. Just like you say, there's the harmonica and the acoustic guitar, which is simple, and then eventually the the orchestra comes in, and I think even like a, a choir in the background at some point. So it all it all goes together very well.
2: Yeah, I like how the Muppets sing along with him.
1: You know, Piggy
2: sings along.
1: Yeah, Piggy's doing the ooze. Yeah, well, which I
2: mean... is interesting because Piggy and Gonzo normally don't get along very well. So it's kind of nice.
0: Well, that's what I love is. Piggy, there's that shot of her kind of looking at Gonzo while he sings, mm-hmm. kind of examining him almost. Yeah. And she's so attentive. She's so into the song. Yeah. Like you say, it's not what we expect from Piggy. And it's, I think it's one of the things in the movie that makes her feel the most human is just that very brief shot of like watching and appreciating someone else on the trip. Yeah. It, it gives
2: her character a lot of depth, right? Right. And that's something that I think modern Muppet productions sometimes have a really hard time doing with her is they're afraid of having her be soft. Yeah. And and this is just a nice moment of vulnerability from the character, and it's because they they all felt confident to take risks with the characters and push them to make them more three-dimensional.
0: Yeah, another uh, great other Muppet moment is Fozzie singing the, like, ah, while he's playing guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We spoke on a recent episode about we were trying to figure out whether or not Fozzie and Gonzo are actually friends. Or if, like, they're just both friends with Kermit, right? (laughs) And um, whether they're friends or not, Fozzie is there to support Gonzo and Song because that's the Muppets.
1: So Hmm. I adore that so much. Yeah, the whole gang is.
0: Yeah, they're they're rarely interacting together, Fozzie and Gonzo. Very few times. And, again, like, I think we think of them as buddies because of Great Muppet Caper or, you know, a few other things. Some scenes here, but not a lot. So it's nice when they get to kind of just be buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, co coexist together, hanging out. Right. One one Muppet uh, we should talk about doesn't really seem that into the song. That's Kermit, uh, who gets up and walks away from the rest of the group in the middle of the song. He actually gets up and walks away in the middle or
2: right after the line. There's not a word yet for old friends who've just met which is really interesting because that's one of the, Hmm. maybe the most iconic line of the song. And it's very powerful.
0: For sure. I know um, a lot of tough pigs gatherings and things when we've met up with other fans, uh, that line always comes up, right? Mm -hmm. You make friendships online. There's, there's not a word yet for old friends who just met it. Ryan, do you remember? It may have been like the first thing you ever said to me in person. (laughs)
1: <laughs> really, would I have been that cheesy?
0: Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Have you have you met you?
1: It's possible.
0: Uh, we were both a lot younger then, too. I should say we were both much more idealistic. <laughs>
1: yeah, we we had not yet been uh, made cynical by the the uncaring world. <laughs> but no, definitely that that's been a, a theme um, when when Muppet fans kind of because even it, even when you don't really know your fellow fans online when you come together you know for an event or a movie screening or something it does kind of feel like a group of old friends who just hadn't met each other yet
2: yeah we have we have this this beautiful love of something in common
1: yeah exactly
2: yeah that we know we know it brings us together right away right what about that line in other contexts have you guys ever met someone and just felt like you know, you're going to be old friends. Oh, sure. just know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a, it's a sentiment that I think once again is like fairly universal, but is not addressed in any other song that I know of, you know, yeah. this idea yeah. of the sort of the moment where you meet someone who knows going to be a soulmate, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and that's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's just, it's very good writing. Um, You know, like, like, you know, Paul Williams talks about, in interviews and stuff, like, you know, working Jim Henson, wanting wanting him to, you know, write the songs for this. And, you know, and Will, Paul Williams and Kenny Asher had already written the stuff for Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas by this point. You know, this was like the next project with the Muppets, right? Kenny Asher wrote that too, right? No, just Paul Williams. Oh, that was just Paul yeah. Williams. Okay, yeah. So was, so was Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, but that was later. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying... Like, this is Kenny, Kenny Asher's only moment critic. Oh, that's interesting, because yeah, definitely these, these songs have a bit of a different nuance, you know? Definitely. Yeah, and, like, so, like, he, uh, you know, Jim Henson asked them to do it, and Paul Williams is worried that, like, Jim Henson isn't going to like it. And, like, he's playing the demos to Jim Henson, and Jim Henson's like, yes, yes, these will do. This is great. And, like, Paul Williams is relieved. And from a st- fan standpoint, it's just like, can I swear? Am I allowed
0: to swear? Is this for families? I, I don't need to uh, swear. Yeah. Yes, it is. Normally. <laughs> mm? But which I mean that my mom listens to it. Hi, Mom.
1: You can speak freely. And if, we, if we decide that it's too much, uh, we can beep it later.
0: I mean, all I'm
2: going to say is, like, hey, Paul Williams, no sh- these were good enough like <laughs> it's it's interesting being so close to your work that you can't realize that the work you're doing is good
1: well and especially and then sure. because he had no idea what people were going to think of it
2: right he had no idea what people were going to think of it but the songs feel so heartfelt you know and um are also just so grounded for uh, uh, a movie that's you know conceivably was was made primarily with kids in mind although you know they would argue that the, the film was made for everybody because that was the spirit of the muppets but it's just such a it's such a leap if you think about the other types of film music from the time that were in musicals animated musicals you know there wasn't really anything else going on that was was this wildly good like that's I a would, good
1: point because this was kind of a lull for disney too and you know there yeah. weren't that many musicals happening.
2: Yeah, I think about, you know, definitely what was going on with Disney at the time, which is, like, Aristocats, you know... Um, Disney, it's like The Hound. Yeah, Fox and the Hound. And, like, there's no very memorable music from that, from any of that. Robin Hood came out around this time. Um, Robin Hood, the music is good, but it's not, yeah. it's not like this. This is, like, really right. a whole other level of maturity and depth,
0: you know? Uh, another reason that I think it's so striking is that they wrote very few original songs for The Muppet Show, right? I mean, there yes. was Jamboree, you know, another Gonzo song. Like, there's a few of them. If you look up on Muppet Wiki, there's about 20-ish mm-hmm. in 5 seasons. But for the most part, these characters had sung covers. Yeah. Always. So for them to get this collection of just gorgeous, like you mentioned, pretty adult songs is pretty striking. I mean they you know they've done ballads and stuff, but they've been doing all these silly vaudeville covers and things. It's three-
2: it's such an example of of the risks this film took because if you look at the muppet show up to the point of the muppet movie, the muppet show always had a lot of depth and was always very complex and and nuanced for basically being a a very funny vaudeville comedy about a, you know, basically about a dude trying to run a theater with a bunch of crazy artist types running around in it, right? Right, correct. And, and like this movie is like a huge statement on what it means to be an artist and create and what it means to form your own community. Yeah. And I think the songs are so much a part of that, you know?
1: Yeah, it's easy to forget how much of a, a step forward for the Muppets this was at the time.
2: Yeah, and it was very brave. Like it's very brave. It's not just going along with what people. It pushes the characters to new territory, and the concept of the Muppets to a very different territory than they had, had ever been.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. and just I mean, we we've talked before on the show about this being like the Muppets out in the real world
1: for mm-hmm. the first
0: time, and that has become like beloved cartoon characters in the real world has become kind of a awful cliche in kids movies <laughs> like,
1: like leaving just, like, their little animated
0: uh bucky yeah, and bullwinkle bad yeah. albert you know um smurfs there's the the winnie the pooh thing with ewan mcgregor that will i think comes out around the time this drops mm-hmm. uh, all of those are just like let's send these cartoon characters out in the world and they get into wacky hijinks they play guitar hero with neil patrick harris or whatever <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, obviously the Muppets are puppets; they're tactile, so it's different, right? They're not—they're not a a CGI Grumpy Smurf or whatever. But for this movie to be such a real story that takes them seriously as characters is something that would never be repeated.
1: With yeah, similar... well, it's it's novel because it can't help but be novel. But there's nothing about it that feels like they're just relying on the novelty of it or the gimmick of it.
2: Yeah, you know, a- as we're recording this, there's that um meme on Twitter that we've all seen now that I'm de- definitely a- listeners for the po- your podcast will have seen by now which is recast any movie with all of the muppets and retain one human actor. But yeah. sort of for me as a fan, it's just kind of like, well, any movie can be played by the muppets
0: because the Muppets are such great actors. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I saw that thing, and I I remember thinking when I saw that meme, this is a meme for people who don't think about the Muppets as much as we
1: do. Absolutely. I was kind of like, "Uh, okay, whatever. I I did not even participate in that meme because I I found it boring.
0: I I did. I just (laughs) did joke that it should be Muppets 2011 and only keep Amy Adams. Yes, (laughs) which is a good joke. We'll talk about that in five years, six years, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally. No, that's, that's very, very, very funny. You know, like, because it is, it's like, it's like they, they already have their film that's somewhat serious. You know, there's a lot of serious moments in the Muppet movie that work. And this is one of them, you know? Um, Yeah, like, you know, um, among many serious moments. And yeah, so you know, why? Why wouldn't they? They have range. They have range because their creators, their performers allowed them to have range they weren't afraid. And that's, that's, that's really inspiring to remember as, you know, for anyone writing their own work for kids and families that, you know, you're allowed to take your audience on a journey.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what's startling and we, this is, this is the cliffhanger. It's actually going to get even more serious next week and still keep the tone, which we'll come back to. Um, But I just wanted to acknowledge that at this point and ask, Any other thoughts before we close from either of you? I'll start with you again, Louie.
2: Gonzo has a gorgeous singing voice. uh, Mm -hmm. Dave goals, does a lovely, lovely job. And, uh, you know, the lighting on his nose is really nice in this scene, too.
1: I wrote that down. It's such a convincing effect because this is a soundstage with puppeteers sticking their hands up through holes in the floor, but... we really, unless you're scrutinizing it two minutes at a time, you never question that they're in the middle of the desert under the starry night sky. Right. And, it's, and then mm-hmm. there's this campfire, and every time it cuts to a close up of Gonzo, you see the the firelight flickering on his face, and it looks great.
0: Uh, it looks amazing.
1: It just makes the, the whole thing that much more poignant somehow. Agreed.
0: So, uh, another credit to Isidore Mankowski, then. Absolutely. Right. Who did an amazing job in this film. Ryan, anything else you would like to add?
1: Yes, I have a few things. Um, I don't remember, actually. Did we talk last week about Dave Golz's anecdote um, from when he recorded the song? Uh,
0: we got, we heard the one where – we talked about the one where he was working at home and then, like, everyone told him he had this gorgeous song when he got back or whatever.
1: Okay. So we do talked about that. So he has something that he's talked about um, where he actually went to the studio to record the song – And they played the backing track for him, for him to record his vocal. And the backing track had been done in Paul Williams' key. And Dave Gulls could not sing to it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So then he had to go back and re-record it later. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it all worked out because it all sounds very good. Yeah. Um, And then stop me if we talked about some of these things already. Uh, the song was re-recorded for the Muppets from Space soundtrack.
0: We did not talk about that. Um, we sure can.
1: Kind of a like a more R and B arrangement, and Dave Goals. Uh, it, it actually sounds less like Gonzo and more just like Dave Goals singing this oh. song yeah, in an R and B arrangement.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. When I listen to that version, which I don't do often, but um, it sounds like Dave Goals. Like I pictured Dave Goals sitting in a recording studio. I don't
1: picture Gonzo. Yeah, well, I mean, he probably did not have the Gonzo puppet there with him in the recording studio. So.
0: He didn't in, the, in this film, either. You know? <laughs>
1: right. Okay. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: but um, since you
0: were from space, then I have to ask both of you guys, is there anything in this song for either of you that suggests Gonzo is an alien and is talking about going back to space where he's from? I,
1: I would not. If I were a Muppet writer, I would never have heard this song and... Gotten that idea, so I'll say no.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think this song's gonzo's really trying to figure out where he's from, and I feel like space is one of a plethora of options. Right. You you could right. have also written a movie about Gonzo realizing that he's from a turkey farm. <laughs> well, not not much like a turkey
0: farm. Which we'll, but, again, yeah. we'll talk about next week. Yeah, totally. It, but
1: I mean, it, it's inspired by his his uh journey with the balloons earlier.
0: So, mm-hmm. um, well well, fellas Joey Mazzarino
1: disagrees yeah well was it his idea though
0: I don't, know. Uh, no, I don't I, know I honestly don't know I mean the script is credited to him and Jerry Jewell right and Jerry yes. apparently had just written that other treatment that didn't get made
1: he wrote Jerry Jewell wrote Muppets in from uh, Muppets in space right was, yeah. that, a, was,
0: was, was that
2: a treatment where they went into space yeah which is clearly what that movie should have been
0: Right, right. Well, I, I actually – well, I was reading the Muppet Zine archives earlier today. Ooh. And in that, there's a mention of Brian Henson saying – work- after Muppet Treasure Island, Brian Henson saying, we're working on a Muppet movie that's going to be like a Pigs in Space feature. Yeah.
1: Which is- I remember hearing the rumors well, about that.
2: What it should have been. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's such a proven formula that already worked from The Muppet Show, and instead – they did this this fairly boring, lazy film where they're all in a house together.
0: <laughs> right. Terrible. Terrible. Well, again, we'll save that one for... I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe
1: maybe in the intervening year, maybe next year for the 20th anniversary, somebody will do a, a detailed oral history of Muppets from Space. Yeah. We'll find out how it, all of that happened. Yeah.
0: I, I, Ryan, I think you know this. I've actually joked many times about writing an academic book of essays about the careers of Raja Gosnell and Tim Hill.
1: <laughs> I would be the first to buy those books.
0: Uh, Tim Hill being the director of Movies from Space, among other things. Raja mm-hmm. Gosnell being the director of
1: Scooby-Doo movie. among. Oh, <laughs> nice.
0: But um, uh, anyways, if I ever get around to writing that, there'll be definitely an oral history of Movies from Space.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I will pre-order that. Uh, the other thing uh, I, I wanted to bring up, um, this movie comes at a time where gonzo had started out as a failed performance artist on the first season of the muppet show he's pretty pathetic and then between the first and second seasons dave Goles and the writers kind of figured out how to make him funnier and more likable by having him embrace that weirdness and like he fails and the audience hates it but he's he's overjoyed by that Mm -hmm. kind of thing um, and at this point now, this is sort of the emergence of the the wistful and more sad, like maybe more sensitive Gonzo. That might be a better word. Um, well,
2: watch out, ladies. Here comes the more <laughs> sensitive Gonzo.
1: Exactly. Well, our, so our friend and fellow Tough Pigs person, Joe Hennis, who's probably listening. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Um, he once wrote an article Hi, for our, our website in which he suggested that it was because of this song in the movie that Gonzo started to become less zany, less funny to the detriment of his character. He said, um, this is a fantastic song. It's heartbreaking and tragic with a hint of the hopeful and it ruined Gonzo forever.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I say why I think Joe is completely wrong about that?
1: Oh, yes, please do. That's what I was about to say. Do you um, think this is correct?
0: No, because Gonzo sings the wishing song in the Madeline Con episode in season two. Yep very melancholy and he sings jamboree in the raquel welch episode in season three right before the muppet movie.
1: i think jamboree like, strikes yeah. a, a precise balance though between sometimes i'm a sad but really i'm a zany guy
0: right but i think so does the muppet movie that's yeah true. That yeah that's true I, 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 I like, yeah. outside of the muppet movie unless they really want to make a point
1: yeah we've just seen him being weird for several and, minutes of this movie
0: yeah and joe i love you you know it. But I disagree hard on this one. It, it, it's also
2: like the characters can do a lot of different things. You know, they're very versatile. And him having sad moments while still embracing his weirdness doesn't screw with his core. You know what I mean? Him, right. like, deciding to, uh, you know, um, you know, stop being weird and become an accountant. And then that's like... And then the character... Irreversibly changes for like seven movies. That would be a problem. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, right. I think
1: a lot of times they kind of forget to make him weird. Where Gonzo is more sort of like just a guy. Yes. Like I would say on the Muppets ABC series, maybe Gonzo suffered a little until they did the Going Going Gonzo episode, where he, 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 he that was deliberately about him returning to being a crazy daredevil.
2: Definitely that. that I and don't... that was yeah, that was a return to form for the character right. as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I do think they sometimes forget who he is. I, d- I don't know if this is exactly where it started, but it's, it's a great song either way. Yeah. And then my, my only last note on this is uh, uh, a personal anecdote. When I was a kid, a, an older cousin of mine made me a mixtape of Muppet songs.
2: Oh, that's so nice.
1: <laughs> and uh, halfway through this song, my cousin's brother cut in and said, Hello, Ryan. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm listening to the, the audio version of the soundtrack, I, I expect to hear my cousin Ed saying hello, Ryan, in the middle of the song. But that is not on the iTunes version. So
0: <laughs> Follow him up. Have him record it again. For oh, you. I should. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anything else? Either of you? That's all I got. Uh, I saw this
2: song performed once in like a clown cabaret show in the early 2000s, right when I had moved to New York by this like nice like 20s style ukulele circus duo. And they played it on the ukulele. And it was so gorgeous and it makes me, I think about it all the time when I hear this song and I don't remember their names and I wish yeah. I did. It was just like a killer moment on stage. So pretty. Like yeah, it was, was like this pretty- manic show and then the show just quiets down and they play this song. It was like, whoa, Oh wow. yeah. Yeah, good, good stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, wow, I'd love to hear that.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to learn it on the ukulele for a long time, and it's really hard.
1: <laughs> you, said, you said a clown cabaret?
2: It was like, yeah, were they were they like... Were dressed as clowns? Yeah, it was like, um, it was like sort of like French 20s, you know, they had like bowlers, and like, I think they had like white makeup on, and they were doing all this old vaudeville, and then I think, and they were like a goofy comedic duo, and then I think they get into a fight, And one of them leaves and the other one like picks up his ukulele and sings this song, you know? Yeah. Something like that. That's how it was built into the narrative of the show. And I just remember it uh, leaving a big impression on me as like a young performer who had just moved into the city. Um, yeah, this is definitely, uh, that's sort of the last thing I just want to say is I think that this is a real song that resonates with, uh, you know, whereas rainbow connection, I think is so much about being an artist. I think this song is actually just for everybody sure. and it's like just sort of about the human condition about feeling like you don't fit and you don't belong which is a, a feeling that like everybody I think feels actually on a day to day basis you know yeah,
0: yeah. alright well on that note I think that's a good place to end for today uh, so listeners uh, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet Facebook Twitter uh, wherever you can find us you can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist mm-hmm. uh, Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. Louie, remind the listeners where they can find you. The- you can find me on Twitter at Louie4711,
2: and you can find me at LouiePerlman.com.
0: All right. Wonderful. Our theme music is by Stacey Rosen. Our logo is by Morgan Davey. And if you're so inclined, listeners, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast. Tell all your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of moving right along. Bye.
1: Bye. Goodbye.